from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Uh, indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, we are glad to welcome in Blake Young, who is the president and CEO of this great Sacramento Food Bank. Blake, good day to you. Good day to you, Bob. I'm rejoicing, and I'm glad to be in it. Oh, that's so good. That's so good to hear. Uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah. I, heard, I heard somebody uh, say today, it was actually a football coach, and he said uh, uh, he was being introduced uh, as a new coach somewhere, and he said, joy is the most important word in the English language. I'm not sure if I completely agree with that, but I thought, yeah, joy is a, that's a good word. That's part of our faith. Joy. Absolutely. Joy to the world. Yeah. I love it. I'd probably have to go with gratitude, but that's probably yeah. right there. Up there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think, <laughs> I think I would, uh, I'd be on your team for that. So <laughs> team gratitude, team, team gratitude. We'll play team joy. <laughs> that's great. So, Sacramento Food Bank, Run to Feed the Hungry. We talked for a couple of months about 30th anniversary, 30,000 people. You've almost yes. been there, and by golly, you just busted through. Oh, talk about a joyous occasion. Yeah, we've been – actually, we've been – we it's been a goal, and it's a simple goal, but we've been kind of, kind of trying to – hit the 30,000 mark for 10 years. And uh, for lots of different reasons, uh, you and I spoke about yeah. it. You know, you might, you might do the run in 1999 and 2000, you may have to go to your spouses, right. You know, uh, for, for Thanksgiving, et cetera. But this year was, you know, I think it was a combination of, you know, but I think the community loves this event so much. I think that folks made a, a extra special effort um, to help us, um, knowing that it would raise more money, but also just, just, you know, people like goals and achieving them. So, I mean, we were just lucky to be part of that whole, um, excitement. And I can't tell you, we, we, the final number was 31,285 wow. people. And I'll tell you, it was just a magnificent day. Yeah. It's, it's so exciting to hear, to hear that number. And, uh, uh, see you guys hit hit that goal and and really really exceed that goal. But most importantly, uh, that means that means you re raise a lot of funds to uh, feed feed people. Oh, we did, and I, you know it. it uh, you know, for every dollar folks donate, we can produce five meals. So if you put that in perspective, um, what we made from the event. We'll be able to provide over six hundred thousand meals, so that's, we're really excited about that. Just, I'm just shaking my head. That's just that is just. I heard I heard that figure of uh, on, on television, and I knew that you know, you've told us that before. And and I said to my wife, I said, "Isn't isn't that just just marvelous?" And she said, "Yeah, they've they've got the buying power, and they do it, you know." And you you guys are kind of yeah. the, the experts at that. Well, and it just, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of people find value in, you know, being able to do an event like this and their return on, you know, their effort and time. I think, you know, people do it because it's fun, but I think a lot of people do it because they know that it's supporting 
a really important cause. And, you know, so we, you know, the, the event just, you know, it, it highlights and gives us such a platform to talk about, you know, Hey, there's, you know, there's people out there that, you know, don't have what a lot of us have. And, you know, it, it, we can come together and, and help them out a little bit. It, it, it makes such a big difference. So it, we were so pleased and so thankful to everyone. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I mean, obviously, uh, a basic human need, uh, just there it is, you know, and uh, just our, our bodies have to be nourished or they, they, they wither and die. And, uh, unfortunately that's, that's happened to a lot of people and malnutrition leads to, you know, all kinds of maladies, uh, short of death as well in terms of quality of life. And, my goodness, you know, I guess maybe maybe that's why people respond so well is because we all have felt hunger. Maybe we, we didn't feel it in a panic way because, because we knew we're going to get home and there's food in the refrigerator and the pantry, et cetera. But, but to see people, and you call it food insecurity, uh, in this region of bounty, it's, it's tragic, and yet it, it's apparently just inescapable. Well, and, and I mean, California in, in particular, Northern California, but Southern California as well. Right. The cost of living just exceeds what folks can, yep. you know, able to do. And, you know, it, it's, it is a tragedy to think that there's children out there that go hungry or seniors. You know, I, I can't remember the exact number, but last month over 75,000 seniors were represent, above the age of 70 were represented in our numbers. Wow. And, and you think about that, you think, you know, it's just, it, it's not right. And, and, you know, folks that work their entire lives now that are on a fixed income are having a heck of a time, you know, just, just to be able to handle the basics. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you talk about, I think the average social security payment, which is what a lot of people live on is around twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 a month. And frequently yeah, that's a person yeah. that, that is renting. It may that, you know, many people, of course, they've, they got the 30 year mortgage when they were 30 and they've paid it all off. Many other people have, have rented their entire lives. They don't have any equity in a home and, and they're living on 12 or $1,300 a month of which in this area that rent would eat up all of that. Yeah. And I think Bob, you bring up a good point because I think that there's so many people you know, God love them that don't quite understand that, you know, these are the folks that are asking for help. It's, I think there's a misconception. These are folks that work their entire life. Exactly. These are single moms that have a job that are just struggling. These are young families that are finding out that Sacramento is not, it, it's just a very difficult place. They love it. Weather's wonderful, but you got, you know, in order to be able to afford all the things necessary. And these are the basic things, you know, transportation, yep. daycare, clothes, food. They're having a very difficult time. And I'll tell you, um, I thank God every day that, you know, that we have so many people in Sacramento that find value in the work and they support it because imagine, close your eyes and imagine for a minute, 1.4 million people in Sacramento County and we're feeding over 300,000 people. Wow. That is that, I mean, that's it's, just, it's unbelievable that, that there's that many people that need help. Yeah, 300,000. That's uh, uh, 15 times the, the golden one capacity. Just think about that. That's, yeah, and that's, 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 every, that's every month. Every month. Wow. 
every month. And, and, so, and we're not in a depression. You know, no. You know. Um, but we're in a, we're in a big inflationary uh, yeah. time right now that's just eaten eaten away at folks' ability to be able to do these things. And, you know, these aren't, you know, you and I talked about, they, these aren't extravagant things. These are basics, basic things to live, and they're really having a hard time. And, you know, and so we we try our best. Yes, we're focusing on getting food to folks, but now let's go to step, the next step, which is how how nutritious is right. the food that we provide and right. we really focus on that because you know again we're thinking of seniors we're thinking of young children and you know uh it, it's it's such a big deal so who do you rely do you have staff people that are nutritionists who do you rely on to make sure that what you're you know obviously you got to you got to get food out people are hungry and um but you exactly i mean you, you nutrition and health go just go hand in hand and um yeah a meal or two here just to fill somebody's stomach yeah that's fine but if it's if it's all stuff that isn't not not good for them but they need a balanced diet etc how do you determine yeah. that that's a great question so we have nutritionists on staff i mean i mean our our food program leader has a graduate degree from uc davis in public health Wow. Um, and so we take that this very serious. And again, for, for your listeners, 40% of all the food that we provide to the county is fresh produce. Wow. It's very that's, nutritious. That's fabulous. Right. So we, and, and, you know, we, so we've, we've worked for the last decade on really trying to source and distribute the most nutritious food possible. So we have very smart people on staff and uh, we work with all the agencies and uh, you know, part of our job is to evaluate their ability to move this food. Because remember, once, once you start dealing in refrigerated perishables, right. the, the whole logistic system has to be modified because most of our agencies don't really have the necessary equipment, cold storage, et cetera, to be able to handle this. So that's when we started this process over a decade ago of, okay, we're going to go into the nutritious food. It all sounded good until you got to the end result, which was the organization to get it to. You're like, oh, yeah, shoot, we need cold storage. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or you need a refrigerated truck or, or, or we have to deliver this food on time, kind of like a, an Amazon or a UPS just so you grab it and you hand it out rather than store it. So we have a fairly complex logistical system and a lot of things to consider because everybody in our agency, over 140 partners, have varying degrees of capacity. So it's not just like we we push a button, the food shows up, and right. we put it in a truck and we deliver it. it it's a lot more complex and you know, I, we have we have wonderful staff that are super dedicated, but that focus and really concentrate on nu nutrition and logistics. Yeah, you know, I mean, you look at fresh fruit and yeah, a, a, a potato can last about ten years. An apricot, I swear, <laughs> it's about an eight-hour half-life on an apricot. Right. You know, it's they they they're either too hard. Or, or they're they're overripe. They, you know, you, you don't have much of a window with some fruit and some vegetables. Some vegetables you, you have a much, you know, potatoes, onions, things like that. You have root vegetables, I guess. You have a much better window. But boy, some some fruits and some vegetables they uh, they they don't uh, cooperate with uh, 
shelf life. They don't. And, and so, you know, so good point. So, you know, you, we get, you get a kiwi, you get kiwis in, you get raspberries, you have a very, very right. small window to get rid right. of it. So, you know, we, we do focus. So, you know, another misconception, you know, I talk about is, oh, people that go to food programs don't cook. Well, it's not true. They do cook. They know that it's it, it, the, their, their ability to stretch the food in their dollars better when they're scratch cooking. So we also try to focus on, okay, what are the best things? Now, it's wonderful to be able to open the refrigerator or go to the counter and grab an apple and eat it. That's wonderful. Sure. But you can't eat apples all day. So we, we try with recipes and nutrition classes to, to really focus on basic scratch cooking. So, um, so obviously potatoes, carrots, onions, the, these sorts of things right. that, like you said, last a long time. And then we try to augment that with, with other things. Uh, you'd be surprised at how much leafy greens we're able to, hmm. we're able to bring in and, and get out, et cetera. So, um, and then of course, you know, we have a whole array of other foods that we give away a lot of pastas and a lot of, a lot of good, uh, you know, beans, rice and, and other things. And, and we do have, you know, other things that aren't just the staples, but, but gosh, I'll tell you, um, people really find value in, you know, in good, good, you know, good produce that, that they can, that they have, you know, some time on the shelf to be able to prepare and use it. And produce is one of those things in the grocery store that's just gone sky high. Just Oh, it's, un, it's unbelievable. And I think, again, you know, we're, we're buying it too, even though we buy it at a discount inflation's really impacting us as well because of the cost of food, the cost of fuel. So, um, you know, we're very cognizant of that, but we're also committed. I mean, we, we know the right thing to do is get as nutritious food uh, out into the community as possible. And the response has been amazing. I mean, the, the number, probably three or four items produces in the number three, the eggs, obviously people want meat, people right. want things that they can't afford, but produce, believe it or not, is the top three uh, mm. because obviously people like the people are cooking. They're scratch cooking and they're finding value in it. So when you say you, 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 know, you go out and buy some stuff, uh, a lot of stuff, yeah. uh, where are mm -hmm. you buying it from? You're not going to the grocery store, right? No, 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 no. Um, it's a great question, I, and I, I, I appreciate it because th this is now the inner workings of the food bank, and some people may not understand. So. 40% of every 40% of the, the food that we distribute is produce. We buy every bit of it, but we buy it at an extreme discount because we cooperatively buy with 40 other food banks in the state of California. Mm -hmm. So you can, and, and so combined, we're distributing billions, not millions, billions of pounds of produce throughout the state of California. Well, when you have, when you're, when you're distributing and buying that much, you can get it at a very discounted rate. So the California Association of Food Banks works with all of the food banks in a, a year a year ahead of time mm -hmm. to to project the demand, to project the the farms that are gonna uh, we're gonna need to negotiate with to be able to buy this stuff, and then that's kind of how we buy. So. So where you would you might spend a dollar and, and I don't know the exact figures, but you might you might spend a dollar ten a pound on potatoes. We're spending twelve cents. Yep. Wow. Wow. So that that and then and then of course, 
uh, we get a lot of food, like you said, not from grocery stores, but manufacturers, wholesalers. Right. Uh, and, and then, and then we have, uh, about 150 retail establishments, mostly grocery stores. We all know the names. They're all the, the grocery stores that you see driving around well, that we call that grocery rescue. And we manage the pickup of all of the donated food from mm-hmm. Rayleigh's and Walmart's and Target's and Save Mart's and Trader Joe's. And so, and that goes out to the agencies directly. So, then we have a portion of the federal government that supports all food banks throughout the country uh, through the United States Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. And that's not a huge portion of food, but it's a very important portion of food. And uh, we have a very strong relationship with the uh, United States Department of Agriculture, and they, they produce um, a lot of very high-quality food as well. So, so it's farms, it's manufacturers and wholesalers, it's grocery stores. Um, and it's uh, the, and generally speaking, it's the federal government, and then it's any any donations that you're getting from an array of of retail and and, and individuals. Like food banks our size don't get donations from individuals. We would if somebody called and said, and and I'm not minimizing this. This is very important. But if somebody called our organization and said, I have an orange tree in the back. I, I'm right. older. I can't pick the oranges. You know, we would, we would connect them to an agency. Um, so the agency could benefit from that. Okay. So what, what happened? Yep, and with, that's kind of how it works. What happened with senior gleaners? Well, senior gleaners was a, gosh, a wonderful organization that we worked with for years. So, so senior gleaners was the food bank in, in the, in the day, the eighties uh-huh. and nineties. And they were the food bank. So, so just like we are now, even though the food bank is in the name, uh, our name in senior gleaners was there wasn't a food bank in their name. Uh-huh. They th- that was that was kind of the old world seven six, late sixties, seventies, and eighties and nineties uh, across the nation. There was mm-hmm. a lot of senior gleaners, right. and they, as you know, they they went out in the field and actually gleaned. And you and I laughed one time. I don't think anybody wants to work that hard anymore. But um, <laughs> that's right. But but but. but but the but the demand the demand for food banks the demand for food resources in our country has skyrocketed since then, so there's just simply no way you could glean if there's not enough food available mm-hmm. to feed as many people as they're hurting. So, what happened to senior gleaners? I just think they they were a victim of just time went by and uh, God bless um, the volunteers. There really wasn't paid staff. And that the, the demand for their services outpaced their ability. And we were lucky enough, you know, uh, our board, uh, myself, you know, evaluated the situation, really uh, knew that if senior gleaners wasn't in existence, people of Sacramento County were going to be hurting really bad. And we took a leap of faith and uh, we acquired them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was in 2014. And, you know, we were we were blessed enough to have business sense and and common sense, and we you know slowly you know we took on a lot, and it, it took it took a significant uh, many a number of years to turn it around and and you know and uh, be able to do that. But to just put it in perspective, when we came into Senior Gleaners in 2014, we were distributing roughly um, about 10 million pounds of food per year. Mm-hmm. And now we're at 37 million. Wow. 
when we took over in 2014, um, you know, the, the, the agency was providing food to about 75,000 people. Now we're 300. Wow. So four times. Wow. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, and, 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 you know, it, 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 because of what father Madigan and the volunteers years ago and the help from the diocese and uh, all of us teaming up, we've been able to, you know, slowly grow and, and do, do well over the years. Uh, obviously many, many years were challenging, extremely challenging, but, and they still are, but I think, you know, just over time, um, people have, again, I use the word find value or the phrase just because I, I truly do believe in Sacramento is so generous. People really find value in what we provide. And we know in our hearts that, you know, people that are better nourished are more productive people and happier people. And our society is benefiting greatly from it. There's, there's absolutely no question. You know, that that's the... It's not a hidden benefit. It's pretty obvious. But, you know, when you think about just making somebody so they're not hungry, that's that's a that's a great goal all by itself. But then what does that lead to? It leads to a much healthier, much happier society. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure nobody has, has done the demographics, but I'm, I'm sure there's a straight line between that and crime and depression and a million other maladies in our society. Um, when people are, are well fed and they tend to be happier, they tend to be more productive and it's, it's good for society. Yeah. I think all of us at one point have been on a long trip and not been able to eat for a few hours, but yeah. you, know, you do that every day. You do that every day and you know, your outlook on life is just a whole different, it's, it's totally different. So we, we know we're providing a good, a, a good value. I think the community uh, feels it and, and folks benefit from it. So all in all, it's a great win. We're with Blake Young, the president and CEO of the Sacramento Food Bank. Blake, you, you say the 40% fresh fruits and vegetables. Are most of that grown within the state of California? We, we tend to grow just about everything. Uh or does some of it come from any place else? Yeah, but Maybe very potatoes, little. So huh? I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to guess, you know, I'm going to guess 90% of what we distribute in terms of fruits, fruits and vegetables comes from the state of California. Yeah. We get some stuff from Washington, apples and some other sure. things. We get some stuff from Arizona, a little bit from Texas, um, but – 90 it might be higher than 90 percent comes from california and some of our funding um through the association um requires us to buy california grown which oh, is okay. which is perfectly fine mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so but majority of it comes from california farms and and so much of the the in the winter you know you're getting stuff i presume from the imperial valley and uh and probably parts of arizona that can raise crops in the winter that won't won't grow here in the winter yeah, you, the, uh, your listeners would be amazed at how many hundreds of thousands of pounds of, of, of uh, vegetables, mainly, that we get from the Imperial Valley. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, talk about making the desert bloom. It's, a, it's, it's amazing what uh, people are able to raise down there. And sometimes it's January, you know, and they're, they're out harvesting crops. Yeah. Uh, not not apples and oranges, but you know, uh, you know, lettuce and celery and broccoli and things like that. Oh, that's exactly what we get. And highly nutritious and it's beautiful food. And yep. uh, oh yeah, 
yeah, people people would be amazed at what the Imperial Valley farms do just for California food banks. It's amazing. Yeah, it's good to know. Really good to know. And a lot of a lot of people working real hard in the fields to make that happen too. That's a very good point. No question about it. So Blake, uh, I know uh, we, we, we emphasized this before, but for anybody who hasn't heard it before or is a new listener, um, the very best thing someone can do uh, for your organization to help uh, with, with this, you know, with, with the need is if you want to donate, donate cash or, or, you know, credit, whatever, but, but, money that you guys can use to buy five meals for a dollar, which none of us can do in the grocery store or uh, a volunteer as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, those are the two, those are the two best ways. I I also challenge folks to get it. You know, if hunger is an issue that really resonates with you and you're new to the food bank, do your homework, Mm -hmm. call us up, come out for a tour, look exactly where your money's going you know, it, it get involved, and uh, and we'd love to have, you know, we I, I love giving tours. We'd love to have folks out just to check out what we're doing. Some people, you know, have been have been with us a long time. We have new folks that, that have an interest in what we're doing, and you, you contribute and you volunteer, or, you know, you get, get involved on an advocacy level, level Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's what your interest is, but uh, no, we 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 would love uh, folks uh, to come out and just check us out, volunteer, provide uh, cash assistance, but uh, please come out, take a tour, learn what we're doing. What a great idea, a tour! I, I'm going to have to take you up on that. Absolutely, yeah. We 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 love. I love to have folks over. Um, I think it is important. Um, I I don't. I, I I really truly believe if your listeners are listening right now. It's an open invitation. Love to have you. But I, I think most people don't quite realize the scale with which yeah. our operation is. Yeah. And, and big, doesn't, big doesn't mean better, uh, but it does give you an idea of what it really takes to be able to feed 300,000 people. And it's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of infrastructure. It's a lot of volunteers. It's a lot of wonderful people working hard because they believe in the mission, and uh, it's it's infectious and it's fun. It's fun, and we love to have folks out. I know my my dear wife for several years had volunteered to at a, a local uh, homeless shelter uh, in our hometown to provide lunch every Friday for forty people, and it was like an all week project, you know, and. And, you know, of course, we're going to the grocery store to get it. And it was, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, exp- it wasn't, it was, I'm complaining. It wasn't expensive, expensive. But, you know, it was, it was a, a and, and I think 40 compared to 300,000. It's just mind boggling. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, just listening to you tell the story about your wife doing that, you know, nothing is insignificant. That's Size right. That's is, exactly you know, right. One, one, yep. one human being is one human being. And, you know, I, uh, I absolutely, you know, I, I fell in love with this work by working for an, I'm sorry, by volunteering for an organization, just like your wife did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I saw, I was able to see firsthand what a huge impact just a little bit of nutritious food can do for families. So it's, it's a big deal. We would love to have folks get interested and come out and volunteer or just heck, you know, maybe after the first of the year, come out and 
take a tour and just learn a little bit more about us. But if you're new to this, uh, to, to food banking, we, we'd love to, we'd love to have you out. Very good. Blake, what's the best way for someone to make a donation? Uh, go to sacramentofoodbank.org on the mm-hmm. website. It, we make it very simple. Same thing for volunteering. Um, and just, you know, we, uh, we're collecting year-end donations now. We have uh, a whole new calendar year that we're putting together for, uh, for feeding folks in Sacramento County. We're just we're, we're blessed to have our relationship with the diocese and you, Bob, and, and, and all your listeners out there. We're very grateful for all the support we get. Very good. Well, Blake, uh, uh, have a, a blessed and holy and Merry Christmas and uh, to you and all, all your staff and all your volunteers and your family. And we'll look forward to talking to you again in the new year. Yeah, you too. God bless. God bless. Thanks so, thanks so much, Blake. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. Brought you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Yasmin Castellanos from the Catholic School Department, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Yasmin. Thanks for that wonderful introduction, and welcome back, everyone. This is the Bishop's Hour. I'm your host, Bob Dunning, and we are pleased to welcome in Angela de Grande uh, from St. Clair Parish in Roseville. Angela, good day to you. Hi, it's nice to be speaking with you, Bob. Nice to be speaking with you. Did I uh, did I uh, pronounce your last name correctly? De Grande. De Grande. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tell us, uh, you have a wonderful uh, event coming up. 
we have an amazing event coming up, and I am just so happy to be able to share with everybody. Um, the women of St. Clair's Parish are going to be uh, hosting a Catholic women's conference um, retreat coming up in January, uh, January 12th and 13th at St. Clair. Um, the uh, title of our retreat, A Spiritual Spa, Come to the Living Waters, uh, focuses on the story of the woman at the well, um, a woman who, following her encounter in Christ, was um, healed and changed and able to go out into her community and joyfully share the good news of Christ's love and mercy. Isn't that um, just what our, yeah, well. that's what our faith is all about. So we're very excited, and uh, it, it, it's interesting how this all came about. Um, one of those mornings when you're doing your readings and you come across a gem of a reading, and uh, one such reading cropped up on my screen, and it was a blog post from a, a sister, a Notre Dame sister, Melanie Sabota, who um, blogs on um, Sunflower Seeds, is the title of her blog, and she had written this wonderful piece called An Open Letter to the Woman at the Well. And I sat there reading this beautiful piece that she wrote about 6 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was still asleep. And I suddenly got this thought that this needs to be a retreat. And I, and I left the thought alone. And then it became a very strong urge, tap on the shoulder, you need to do this. And I said, no, I don't need to do this. I've got plenty on my plate like most <laughs> other women. Um, it, you know, you've got multiple multiple competing priorities. You're, you're juggling family and responsibilities. And no, I don't have time. No, I don't have the skill. And yet that voice persisted. And so I went to coffee with some of my lady friends from St. Clair. And I said, you know, I just had this very, very strong nudge. Maybe it was more like a, a head over the head with a two by four. But it basically said, we need to do a retreat. We need to do this. And they were all on board. Wow. They were excited. They wanted to do it. Um, it had been many years since we looked at doing anything like this. And we thought, well, how are we going to pull this off? This is a big parish and we're a small group. Sure. And before you knew it, um, ideas were, were um, coming up and doors started opening and opening and opening despite our um, interference. And things really came to be falling into place that, yes, this is what we're going to do. Um, Sister Melanie, uh, God bless her, was the first person we contacted to lead us in this uh, retreat. And she um, declined. She's a very busy lady. She lives on the East Coast and doesn't travel much anymore. But she said that she would pray for us and that we would find somebody to do the program. So interestingly, one of the women of our parish says, you know, I know this lady, Kelly Walquist, hmm. and I think she would be a really good speaker for your retreat. So she gave me her contact number, and I went home and got busy with something else. And I was in my office, and I look up at my bookshelf, and there's a book on my bookshelf. And on the spine is the name Kelly Walquist. You're kidding. And, and you I didn't even know it was there? I Well, it was a book I had been given, but I hadn't read it. I, mm -hmm. I'm part of a book club. And the month that I had joined the club, they were um, – 
just finishing up this book and somebody had given me their copy. Well, by the next month, we were on to a different book and I just kind of forgot about it. So I thought, oh my, if I'm going to call Kelly, I better at least familiarize myself <laughs> with her book. So I'm, I'm looking through the pages and the woman in our parish who had recommended Kelly was actually one of the contributing writers for that particular book. Her name is Carol Younger. And I thought, oh my goodness. So, so I called Kelly and um, you know, told her about the vision that we had come up with. And she says, you're not going to believe this. She says, but I'm working on a new book right now. And the chapter that I'm working on is The Woman at the Well. I nearly fell oh, off wow. the chair. <laughs> so yes, this is something that's being guided by other than us. And uh, we're, we're very excited. Very, very excited. Yeah, one of my favorite expressions is, with God, there are no coincidences. and No, there really aren't. And um, it, just, it just makes you smile, and it, it just, it's more than a smile. It's just, you just want to explode with happiness knowing yep. that you're not mixed alone, that somebody else is actually yep. guiding all of this. And for most women, we like to be in control. We like to check off little boxes when everything <laughs> is in its place. But no, we're not in control, and and it's 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 really a great experience realizing that you know I, I'm not in control. You need to let go and just let let God do this. So here we are. So uh, is is Kelly? Uh, where's she from? Kelly is from Minnesota, and she comes with a wealth of, um, of experience as a. Uh, Catholic woman's evangelist as a retreat leader, as an author. Um, she's written um, several books, uh, A Walk in Her Sandals, uh, Experiencing the Passion of Christ Through the Eyes of Women, um, Gaze Upon Jesus, Experience Christ's Childhood Through the Eyes of Women, and um, has spoken all over the country um, as led pilgrimages outside of the country. Most importantly, she is the um, founder of a national women's ministry called WINE, uh, which stands for Women in the New Evangelization. Mm -hmm. And that particular ministry works very closely with um, women in their parish ministries to help them to be more um, effective in their ministries as joyful um, uh, apostles of Christ. Uh, that's what we're asked to do. You, know, you think about the story of you know God telling uh, Saint Francis, "Rebuild my church." Well, that rebuilding, all of us participate in um, by um, listening um, for that that word that speaks in our heart, and taking that and sharing that with starting first with our family and our community, our church. And that's how that our church is going to be renewed. That's very, very well said. So, give us some of the nuts and bolts from January 12 and 13. How does uh, how does it run, and uh, what's the program like? We have a very, very beautiful and packed program starting on Friday evening with adoration at St. Clair. Um, uh, registration um, check-in is at 530, adoration at 6 to 630, and then at 630, 
we're going to have a welcoming reception um, gathering in the vineyard with our speakers, Kelly Walquist and Alyssa Bormas. Um, that's being hosted by the Knights of Columbus. And then we'll have our first session of the conference from 7.15 to 8, a wellspring of water and wine by both our speakers. Saturday morning, Oh, backing up, the best part of this retreat is you don't have to sleep over or bring a sleeping bag. You can go home and sleep in your own bed. Oh, okay. good, good. <laughs> so Saturday morning starts with Mass at 8.30, and then Father George, God bless him, has lined up um, a number of priests who will be able to hear confessions for those who would desire um, to um, uh, go on that morning. And then we'll have our opening session um, uh, preceded by a, a little uh, continental breakfast, Finding Tranquility, a Story of Love. We will have the Visio Divina um, with Rita Schilling, um, an introduction to reflections and some reflection and journaling time. There'll be um, a box lunch, and then after lunch, we're moving into Heavenly Hydrotherapy, opening the floodgates of mercy with both Kelly and Alyssa. The Lexio Divina um, with Ari Aruz, who's uh, very active uh, in our um, diocese. And then a little break and wrap up with how lovely are the feet of those who carry the good news uh, with, again, Kelly and Elisa. And um, a little bit of reflection, closing prayer, and our evaluation. So we've got a a very packed day. Interspersed with that, we have um, Easter's Catholic Bookstore will be joining us. Um, and having um, uh, some of their uh, resources available to our attendees as well. Very good. How can people sign up, and how soon do you need them to sign up? Um, Soon. We um, are going to max out at 200. Um, We've opened up two dioceses, and uh, the parishes have been very, very receptive, and the um, ticket sales have been very brisk. Uh, we've only had them going for about a week and a half, but we've already sold 158 tickets, so wow. we are on our way to a sellout. Um, the tickets can be uh, obtained many different ways. We have um, on the St. Clair Parish website, the brochure um, is there that can be downloaded, and um, folks can mail it in or bring it in with their um, payment. Uh, they can also go to the St. Clair Parish office. They are open um, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 9 to 5, and on Friday from 9 to 4. Um, we accept cash, check, and debit or credit cards. So if people wanted to just call the parish office during uh, business hours, they can give their um, information, and they will be mailed a ticket for the retreat. Very good. and. Sounds sounds like it's going to be a a very packed but very uh, very uh, holy and spiritual weekend. And uh, you know, I've seen a lot a lot of events and and uh, that I've talked about or or had people tell me about. And when you do the very first one and you sell out, you're doing something right. <laughs> 
Well, we're not doing something right. I think <laughs> the the spirit that's guiding um, yep. the women is is what's making this happen. And I think one of the things that we really wanted to avoid, you know, in many parish communities, you've got you know the group that goes to the five o'clock mass and the seven thirty mass or the nine o'clock mass, and everybody's in their own little teacups and their own little ministries, and never the you know there's not a lot of intermingling. And we started from the outset really wanting to get as wide of a participation as possible across ministries within the parish. And I think we were very successful at doing that. And I think that is the key um, to the excitement about this. That, And we've got young women coming. We've got older women coming. Um, mom's group um, coming. Um, uh, so that that is really exciting. We, we, we guilted our men in the parish uh, when we did our <laughs> ANVIL presentations by um, – you know, pointing out that they were the spiritual heads of their family and, and uh, what, what a wonderful gift it would be for their, their wife for Christmas um, versus the um, toaster in terms of a more meaningful, <laughs> <laughs> a more meaningful um, gift that they can, they can provide uh, for their spouse. And uh, that got a few chuckles, but we also had some men coming out of mass and purchasing tickets. So um, that was <laughs> an effective Well, it depends strategy. on if it's a toaster that holds two pieces of bread or four pieces of bread. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so our fees are very, very reasonable. Um, it's $30 for um, high school or college students or religious sisters and $50 for um, everybody else. Uh, we do have some limited scholarships available. So if um, folks are interested in attending, but you know, the price is um, not within their reach, they can contact the parish office and just inquire um, about uh, the uh, scholarship, and we will send them a ticket as long as our ticket's sold out. Do you plan to make this an annual? Well, you know, we've been asked that, but we've also heard the question, what about a men's retreat? And it's been a while since that's happened, too. So maybe we'll be able to um, light a little fire under the men in our community. What we did talk about and I think would be very helpful is in our, our post-follow-up um, uh, meetings, um, critique and looking over the evaluations, we also want to put together a booklet that can help guide other people in the um, parish community and the wider community if, if they are interested in, okay, what are the steps to putting something like this together, something on this scale? Where do you start and who do you need to talk to and what kinds of things do you need to think about? Um, what types of committees do you need? Um, you know, timelines, that type of thing. So I think that will probably be the next thing that we look to doing rather than, okay, let's jump in and plan another retreat. So, Well, if, if, you, if you're planning a men's retreat, uh, don't hold it uh, during the football season on a weekend. <laughs> oh, yes, and, and uh, promise to feed them and they'll, feed them, they'll come. So. <laughs> yeah, feed it, yeah. yeah. If, <laughs> you, you should you, be careful with your title. Maybe you should call it a men's food retreat. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because in, in wanting to keep our, our prices as low as we possibly could, we, we looked to some supporters. And, of course, we did turn to um, our Knights of Columbus who have agreed to help with various aspects of, the, of our, our program. Um, and that has been a godsend. But they're also looking at what we're doing. And I think that's planting some seeds for them as well. So that next program you see may be for the men of, of our community. 
Well, you know, I've, I've been involved, not involved in the planning, but in the attending part of various events that the Knights are involved in. They're either in the kitchen or they're, you know, doing hospitality. And it's just, uh, I always know if the Knights are there, it's going to be well run. It's going to be fun. And everybody's going to be well fed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we've got the, the Italian Catholic Federation kicking in. They're going to do the scotty for our afternoon break. Oh, so wonderful. Everybody's pitching in with something. So, oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, There'll be... Um, Go ahead. Oh, no, just uh, give a, a phone number or a, a, a website that people can sign up one more time. I've got both here. Um, the phone number for St. Clair Catholic Church is 916-772-4717. Okay. And the email, uh, I've got that right here. We have, actually, the website is uh, St. Clair Roseville altogether. Dot com, And again, the brochure for um, the event is on that um, first page of, of the website. And then if people want to email in their questions, it's information, I-N-F-O, at stclairroseville.org. And is St. spelled out? Just St. S-T. S-T, okay. And, and no punctuation after it. Very good. Very good. Well, Angela, it's a joy to talk with you, and uh, I, I'm going to wish you great success. But you, it seems it sounds like you've already had you're already getting that. So, um, b- blessings well, to you and well, your I, committee. Bob, well, I want to thank you for the opportunity um, to share um, with our our community what we're going to be doing, and uh, to you know personally extend the invitation to the the women out there that if you are even thinking about it come join us. Let's, let's all go to the well um, where we can be refreshed and renewed and uh, go back out into our communities as, as Kelly would put it, intentional disciples of Christ. How beautiful. Thanks so much, Angela. God bless. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, take Bye-bye. care. That's uh, Angela DeGrande, and uh, the uh, event will take place at St. Clair Parish in Roseville. That's your, that's your hometown, Gabe. Yes, it is, Roseville. It is. Uh, I was going to uh, come on here and make sure I mentioned everybody. You know, as the new year is upon us, you might want to sign up for a new podcast, The Bishop's Hour. Uh, you can sign up through any of the podcast platforms just by hitting the subscribe button. Uh, it doesn't spam you. It doesn't any notifications, nothing like that. Uh, all it does is if you go back on that that app, it'll tell you which episodes you've missed. And uh, you can go back through our whole back catalog on there. You can go on our catalog also on scd.org, our website. And that's how you can find the show there as well. Just scroll down and click on the little button that says Bishop's Hour. And it will tell you the date of it and uh, who the guests were. It will. Yeah, no guests were involved whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we do that. And, uh, again, you're not going to get anything that you don't want out of it. It's just going uh, to do that. And when you're on there, you can always, on the, the, the podcast part of it, you can always rate and review the podcast, you know, say how great you think Bob is. And, <laughs> I mean, why else would you review it if you weren't going to say that? Because uh, that also gets us up higher in the rankings or whatever the um, – the, uh, the buzzword of the algorithm, uh, it makes us uh, higher up, and that way more people can hear our show, and we can find more uh, Catholic listeners out there who need to hear the stuff we're talking about. Very good. 
Yeah, so that's always a, a good salute. Thing and and you don't have to subscribe and pay any money. No. It's a free a, subscription. Right. Unlike uh, a lot of the satellite radio stations out there, we are free. We're free to everybody. And then, we're, of course, we're still on Relevant Radio. Um, 9 p.m. every night. And 9 p.m. 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Yes, we are. 10 a.m. is a, a sort of a, um, a wild card uh, relevant sort of uh Plays a you know one to five game and picks one of the shows out from the week and replays yeah. it on Saturday. Uh, like to say it's a best of, but I think what happened was they realized that they're all pretty great, so they could choose any one of them for anyone. a best of. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you know. you know, it's it's nice to know that that there there are all these different ways to listen. And you know, the other day we had on the uh, speech contest winners. Yeah, and they were from various Catholic schools around the diocese, uh, seventh and eighth graders. And they did such a beautiful job. And then, and then about a week later, we mentioned that yeah. on another show, Marcy Green. Yeah, with Marcy Green, the the principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton down in Elk Grove, and and I'm sure there are people saying, "Oh, I missed that show with the speech contest winners. I want to hear those kids right. because we were raving about them and uh, deservedly." And I'm sure people, many people, went back to the website and went. Boom, and there it is. Well, and also, like, for those parents of those speech contest winner kids, I mean, they can, they now can have that live on because you, you save yep. it as a link, and, you know, everything on the Internet lives forever. So that show's always going to be around. If you save that link, you can, you can save podcast links the same way you save YouTube links or the same way you save uh, an article that you found online. If right. you want, they have a friend of yours that, Maybe uh, the women's retreat. You have a friend of yours you think would be perfect for that retreat. You can try to recount it for them and, and you try to explain it and remember all the dates and all the things that you probably didn't write down so you're not going to remember it correctly. Or you can go, hey, hang on. I'm just going to share this with you. It's, it's, it's the second guest on the show that day. And they listen and they find it. And that's a great way to help your friends out who also want to listen to this kind of show or also want information that we, we, um, we talk about on the show. Yeah, broadcasters uh, realized not too long ago that everything lives forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for better or for worse, I guess, for some people. Yeah, yeah like live forever in Christ. So, uh, the internet, the internet is not um is it's not like a, a library that can uh, you know can be books can be in and out of circulation. Yeah, it's it lives forever on these things. Yeah, yeah, but that's good though because I mean that that also means that there's old shows. I mean we've been doing the podcast now for a few years. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't know how easily you can archive an old podcast, but I'm sure they're out there somewhere, and you can find them. I mean, I've, I've found podcasts from years ago on some podcasts. The, you know, we, we hear that all the time, and uh, I was watching a podcast the other day. What does that mean? Where did it come from, podcast? Uh I forget. What was the difference between that and being on the radio or being on TV? Well, Pod was uh, because it was exclusively a show, shows that were on the iPod. So it used to be that iTunes would would um, save them onto a server. And then when people, before you had your iPhone, you'd have the iPod, which was just a, a music player. So you would put your iPod onto your computer and it would hook up with your iTunes, which was a, a program you had. And then you could have it download onto your iPod, new music, whatever you wanted to put on your iTunes. Because your iTunes, you could buy new music or you could load new music off of CDs. Well, what a podcast became was iPod, the pod from podcast, was a talking show, like a radio show, 
that you could put on your iTunes. So that it would go then go on your iPod. So it was a podcast. Instead of a broadcast, it was a podcast. But anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. You don't it. need um, permission. You don't need a license. You don't need no. You just do it. The only thing you need to do is uh, for distribution is you sign up on a podcast hosting site. We go through Podbean, which is another podcasting site you can listen to our show on. And they will populate the show through all the different feeds, be it iTunes, uh, anyone. If you have a, a video podcast you can do on YouTube, we've kicked around that idea, but we haven't done it yet about a video podcast because our studio is uh, not set up for that yet. But um, it's, yeah, so, I mean, it, it now becomes that a podcast is almost like a TV show. It's like a, you know, like how, you know, Carson and, and a lot of these other sit-down talk show hosts, Letterman and those ones, used to be where you sit down and watch somebody talk to a host. Now a podcast can be that kind of thing, but more long form up to like an hour typically. Um, some of them are three hours long and you, and you watch those people interact and it's, um, it's oddly becoming the new form of entertainment because it is so mobile. Right. People listen to them in their ears and go to the store work out right. what have you. And you can have a podcast going and then sometimes you go home and, and finish watching it on YouTube or Whatever. So, I mean, it's it's no longer the wave of the future because they've been around for a long time, but it's definitely changed the landscape of media. Yeah, yeah. Very for sure. Very definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, anyway, that, that being said, you can sort of ride that not-so-new wave and uh, follow the Bishop's Hour. Cause Pretty good. We are we are part of that not so new wave, but we are <laughs> right. but we are still uh, putting out a lot of content that I think a lot of people like and should listen to. Very good. Thanks, Gabe. We should uh, note that uh, th this weekend, the uh, bullet announcements, uh, announcement for second collection for the Retirement Fund for Religious. This is very important. Uh, bullet announcement for the, the uh, um, weekend of December 9-10, helping aging religious, elderly Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests have offered their lives in service to others, educating the young, comforting the sick, ministering to the less fortunate, Today, many are frail and need assistance. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps furnish medications, nursing care, and more. Please give generously to uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, the 9th and 10th, uh, to do the uh, second collection for uh, helping the aging religious. Uh, it was a very, very good cause. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord. 
Him now, how great 